Well, good morning. Yeah, glad you're with us and um, excited to, to start something new. And I'm just going to start by asking, like, who doesn't want a better life, right? Like, like who, who wants life to be worse? I mean, I guess there are, there, there's like um, uh, clinical diagnoses for, for that. But, but like, like most of us are, we, we go about our day-to-day, we go through our life, we do the things we do in the hope that it's going to produce something better. That, that tomorrow is going to be better than today. That there's something down the road that's going to, to that my energy, my effort today is going to produce something. And, and truthfully, that is the fundamental question of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, the series that we're going to start today. We're going to spend most of our fall looking at this book of Proverbs. Um, it's, it's, the chief, it's the chief, the largest book of what's called the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And it's been a, the Old Testament was arranged in several different ways but, over the years. But, but it, it's landed as this sort of like chief understanding of, of what it means to be wise, a wise person. And, and it's, it's a, wisdom literature is a, it's a genre. It's a type of writing. Okay? And so we're going to spend some time in it. We're going to ask important questions. We're going, to, we're going to look at practical conclusions and try to connect this ancient wisdom to our modern life. And I think you're going to be shocked, surprised, um, if you haven't spent time in this, just how relevant it is. Because the human condition, the, the things that we struggle with, it, it was the same then as it is now. We're wrestling with the same issues. And we have a source of, of wisdom here. And so I... You're going to need to forgive me, and again, I've got the microphone, um, so I get to do this, but I I need you to hang in with me for just a couple minutes, because to understand Proverbs best, there's just some things we need to make sure we have straight, okay? The first one is just how it's put together. I realize many of you won't be able to read everything on the right. It's okay. Um, The stuff on the right, the the book of Proverbs is a collection. It's like a compilation of writing. It wasn't wasn't like the author of, of Proverbs, most of which was King Solomon, but it wasn't the son of David, but it, was, it isn't like he sat down and wrote from the beginning to the end with one consistent message in mind. It's not like that at all. Um, it's, it's a collection of teachings, <clears throat> probably um, things that he didn't even himself like, write. Uh, uh, they were probably things he spoke or said. And so the first nine chapters, which is where we're going to be in this series, the first nine chapters, it's called different things, but, but just for the simplicity's sake, we're going to say it's the call to be wise. It's a compelling case and argument to live a life of wisdom, okay? And, and in those nine chapters, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ask significant, pertinent questions, but it's going to use a lot of imagery, okay? There's a lot of metaphor. There's, there's, there's examples of different things. There's, there's personification where wisdom itself becomes a character in a story. And then beginning in chapter 10 in Proverbs, through the very end, it's very much broken up like little statements, which leads us to this question of like the word proverb and what it is, okay? And proverbs are not, the, the word proverb is not unique to the Bible, right? It's not unique to the Bible, but they're often short little statements. Um, we have our own cultural proverbs, right? Like an apple a day, what? Keeps the doctor away, right? And, um, the early bird gets the worm, right? Like those are just sort of cultural proverbs, Okay? Well, what you, when we look at the book of Proverbs, we're getting a collection of the cultural Proverbs of, of the, the Jewish people at the, the height of their like, uh, comfort, you could say success, their influence. 
And so that's what's there. So, so when we look at it, we need to understand what we're dealing with in the book of Proverbs because as a type of writing, it's different from other sections of the scripture. So when we have a proverb, it, we've said this, it's a brief statement of what, what would be like a commonly known truth, okay? Brief statement of a commonly known truth. Um, and, and in Hebrew proverbs specifically, they would rhyme, they, they would do what they called rhyming of ideas. We, when we think of poetry, it's a, a proverb is a poetic form. When we think of, 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 a, of a poetry, we think of rhyming sounds, right? Like, you know, but, but they rhymed ideas. They did it in a lot of different ways. There's, they use um, like uh, uh, acrostics. They would use, there's a form of poetry called a chiasm that they would use to emphasize certain things. But a proverb is a type of poetry. It's usually just like a compound sentence. It's two things put together. They are either related by similarity or contrast or consequence. That's kind of what they do, okay? And, and so, so we, we, we see them, it's, it's it, in the book of Proverbs, we see them in other places. The Beatitudes in, in Matthew chapter 5, the first section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, that, that is a proverbial form, okay? Blessed are the humble, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. That's a proverb, Okay? So Jesus himself used it. But it's also important, and probably more so important, that we understand what a proverb is not. Because this is where the, oftentimes the abuse of proverbs comes in, and, 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 and it winds up actually harming us in our understanding of the scriptures. The proverbs are not, please hear this, and I, and I want to be careful with this, because I know that all scripture is good and profitable, okay, and useful. And I know that the scripture is God's truth, okay, but being God's truth doesn't mean that everything contained therein is a promise from God in the way we think of promises from God, okay? These are not, the book of Proverbs is not full of prophecies that if this, then these things invariably and inevitably will happen. Let me give you a couple examples, okay? In Proverbs 16, 7, it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him, okay? That is a proverb, except here's the thing. We can come up with any number of exceptions to that. We can come up with any number of exceptions to that in the scriptures. We know that, that David was a king that the Lord found pleasing, and yet he had enemies all around him. Okay? We can go to the New Testament. Paul, the apostle, is traveling from place to place. He's clearly speaking the word of God. He's, he's sharing the gospel everywhere that he goes, and yet his enemies were trying to take his life and running him out of the city all the time. Right? So we, 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 when we read these as inevitabilities, like God, God is bound to, to these if-then statements, we do ourselves a disservice because, and here's the thing, we're then projecting our understanding of it onto the genre of the proverb. It's not intended to be that. It's a statement of a commonly held truth. Okay, It's a statement of a commonly held truth. And, and, and this becomes especially pertinent. I think there's one proverb that gets abused probably more than any other. And it's Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 that says that you train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. It's good, it's good direction. It's not a promise from God. Okay? It's not a promise. That, that, that if you do all the parenting things right, parents, your kids will invariably do all the adulting things right when they get there. And many of us live this, right? You love our kids, we do our thing, but they're, they're their own people. Right? It's just not, these are, it's not guarantees in the book of Proverbs. It's direction. It's, we could say, 
and I, I, I want to, I'll clarify this a little bit. We could say it's advice. But here's the thing. It's the best advice you're ever going to get because of the source. Okay? It's the best advice we're ever going to get. So let's get started with chapter one. Okay? We're going to jump in. And there is way too much to do on, for, for any one Sunday morning today. Okay? So I'm gonna, we're going to keep this train moving. Okay? But as we read this, we want to make sure that we keep, keep those things in mind. And, and we're going to ask, we're going to start this with this question that I, I already asked this morning. Who doesn't want a better life? I think that's the question of, of Proverbs chapter 1. If you have your Bible, it'd be great if you turn there. If not, we will put it on the screen for you. But Proverbs chapter 1, and it says this. It begins with this. It, says, it just says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to restri- receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, Okay, so just the beginning, it gives us this section is, is attributed to, it's by, by King Solomon. These were the wise sayings, the Proverbs of King Solomon. Um, we know Solomon, he was known for a lot of things. He was, he was King David's son. Um, he, was, he, was, um, he, he asked for wisdom, and the Lord offered him anything he wanted, and he asked for discernment to rule the people well, and the Lord granted it to him, and granted to him even more than that, granted to him riches and influence and all of the other things that we would want in life. And, and, and so Solomon's, Solomon's wisdom became renowned. His influence spread out across all kinds of different people and lands. And, 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 and the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, was at its climax of, of peace and prosperity under Solomon's reign. Solomon was not perfect, okay? He's, it's, it's sort of a well-known fact. He, he, he loved the ladies, okay? He had many wives and he had many foreign women that, that were with him. He... he he took advantage of his kingly power to gratify his fleshly desires, okay? We're actually, we'll talk about that topic is going to be one of the things we talk about in these first nine chapters, okay? The gratification of our desires. Solomon lived that, and it led to the introduction of false gods in the nation of Israel. And so when we see this, okay, when we see this, like every other author, human author of our scriptures, Solomon was a flawed individual, Okay? He was a flawed individual. But in him giving these wise teachings, these proverbs, he was moving through the inspiration of God's spirit. And we gain from it. Okay? So as we look at this, this, these are the proverbs of King Solomon, and it starts to rattle off these things. Right? There's, there's wisdom and instruction and understanding. You see lots of words. Words of insight um, to understand uh, wise dealings, righteousness, justice, equity, keep reading, to give prudence to the simple, that's sort of like to, to make wise, cautious decisions to those who wouldn't otherwise. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in, increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Still going on. These Proverbs, the, the, the purpose of doing all this is to understand the proverb. Like, there's almost a circular idea here, right? The more you, time you spend time in the Proverbs, the more you will understand what they are saying, Okay? Uh, and to understand words of the wise and their riddles. Like, there's just benefit to studying this. There's benefit to doing this. There's benefit to increasing your learning. This whole long list. And, and, and if, we're, if we stop there, it sounds an awful lot like self-help, modern self-help, right? Like, hey, be a lifelong learner. Keep gaining inf- knowledge. Keep growing. And if you do, it's going to compound. And there's, there is a just sort of general common, like, the truth about that that is right, it, we would say from God, it's, it's his common grace, his common goodness on all people. But don't misunderstand that what we're reading here is not just self-help. Okay? 
Because there's another verse in this introductory section. Look at what it says. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. It puts this dichotomy up that the book of Proverbs is going to deal with. What does it mean to, to be someone of, of knowledge? Well, it begins with the fear of the Lord. Okay? It begins with the fear of the Lord. So we need to stop here a moment. Okay? We need to stop. Because this idea is going to be very important in the book of Proverbs. It's very important for us today. That everything else that we're going to build upon, and and this is the reason that the book of Proverbs is not just self-help. It's not just be the best version of yourself. Okay, If if we walk with God, we will become the best version of ourselves because we will be made more and more into the image of Jesus. Okay, So that is an outcome of it. But it's not just, hey, make better decisions. Hey, be smarter with your money. Hey, work work hard so that you don't get fired from your job. Like That's all good advice. But it's not just that. Because the difference between the, the Proverbs that we're seeing here and self-help is this notion of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now, fear may be, especially for some of us, it may be a strange notion to introduce when it comes to God. Okay? We sing about his love, and rightfully so. We don't have too many songs about fearing him. Okay? And I would love to play like some sort of linguistic game with this and say, well, it's really not translated best as fear, except the problem is every English translation that you pick up of this says the fear of the Lord, and it's not just because it's a, con- a convention of the language that we're accustomed to. It's because the word is fear, okay? The word is fear. Tremble before the Lord, okay? Tremble before the Lord. Now, again, there's more to it than just that, but that is what it says. And so, we begin to, to, to sort of unpack this and we begin to look at wisdom and we begin to look at what, what God's telling us with this. And, and we start from this place of, of an understanding and a reality that God is really big and really strong. He has all the power. And quite frankly, no matter how much, weep of, uh, how much strength and how much power and how much, how much notoriety and how much influence we attain, God's got infinitely more. And coming to terms with that and reckoning with that creates, it ought to create something for us. What, what the, the authors here, what Solomon here says is fear, okay, in understanding that he is God and I'm not. That's the beginning point of our understanding. The rest of this won't make sense. The rest of Proverbs, Proverbs might make sort of general sense, but it's not really going to connect. It's not really going to make sense if we sever it or separate it from this idea that God is who he is, and I am not him. God has the power, and I have, in comparison to him, nothing. And so... When we come to him, we begin in this place that Solomon says and and other Hebrew authors said is the fear of the Lord. Now, it doesn't stop with that, right? It doesn't stop with fear because the nearer we get to him, the more of his character we experience, right? The The more we understand who he is and what he's about, the more of his goodness that we see. The, the further we go in our walk with him, the more we can rest in the, in the, the, the reverence and love that he has for us, uh, our reverence for him and the love he has for us. 
right? So fear of the Lord begins with the reality of the understanding of who I am compared to who he is. But it doesn't end there. It moves towards a place of, of ultimate love and respect for who he is, and yet he doesn't wipe us out. He doesn't smash us when we, when we make mistakes. He doesn't obliterate us because we've erred, right? That is the beginning of knowing what's most important, the beginning of understanding life, the beginning of wisdom. I'm not much for meme culture, but someone provided me with one, so maybe this helps, right? Right? So we're trying to do our thing. It's, it, it's little letters. Knowledge, understanding. We're, as humans, we're trying to get these things, but the fear of the Lord helps us. Am I doing okay? I don't know. I, I, I've never memed before. Okay. If it helps you, great. Okay. So, so let's go on. We need to keep moving. We need to keep moving because there's a lot more in chapter one, and I, I want to get to as much of it as we can. Okay? So when we, let, let's keep reading in Proverbs chapter one and verse eight. Okay, and, and the, rest of Proverbs, the rest of chapter 1 is going to be broken into kind of two sections. So let's take a look at these things. First, is it, starting in verse 8, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. The, the, oftentimes, this is common convention with, with wisdom literature. Oftentimes, it is advice given from a father to son. It very well may have been Solomon giving advice to one of his literal sons. It may also just be like, now, now listen, my boy, you know, like, listen, okay, um, to, 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 this, to this instruction. Um, but the implication, the reason they do this is that, that wisdom comes from, the idea is that wisdom comes from those who came before us, okay? So there is a, a hierarchy of experience and understanding. Those who know us well, okay? So there's this, this idea of familiarity. Those, those who love us, Okay? And those who are invested in our future and want what's best for us. That's the implication here. And it adds this idea of a graceful garland and pendants. I could use something on my head most of the time. But, but like, it, 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 that wisdom, actually, it adds, it makes us more attractive for having it. Okay? Keep reading with me. I promise we will go quicker. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Pretty brazen. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Okay, got to keep moving. Like Sheol, like the grave, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Look, there's this, this sense of like, hey, there's, there will be voices and influence around you that says, hey, come do the wrong thing in order to benefit for yourself. Okay? Like, and in many ways, that is like the essence of, of temptation towards sin. Hey, come do this wrong thing because it's going to be good for you. Okay? Go keep reading with me. Verse 14, throw in your lot among us. Throw, like, come on, invest in my, in my scheme. We will, have, we will all have one purse. We're going to share in this. My son, do not walk. And now he turns. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in, in vain a net is spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. I want to I camp here. Okay? I want to stop on this because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have a picture of what it means to have a good life. Okay? For us, it's, it's largely a cultural picture. It's largely a cultural picture. 
It's pro- it probably revolves around some level of comfort. Okay? We might say some level of security. It probably has, has aspects of it that deal with people thinking highly of us, that they're going to, to, to think, and, and because we probably believe that if we amass enough and have enough influence, that people thinking highly of us, highly enough of us will come along with it. And there's plenty in our world that entices us to do the wrong thing. And in this section, in this section, there's a, there's a, a, a presentation that's made. It's, hey, come hang out with us, and when you do, like, you're going you, to be able to take what you want. If you come with us, you're going to be able to take what you want. So there, for some of us, there may be an enticement, and, 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 and in, in many ways, metaphorically, there is always an enticement for us to move in a direction that's going to get something, to, to take something, to receive something that we haven't really justifiably earned. Okay? Now, the tactics in this section go everywhere from gobbling up like souls and, and sending them into the grave to just sort of like ill-gotten gain, like, like we just cut some corners. But there's temptation for us to, to, to steal from, from others, to take what it doesn't belong to us. That could be physical things, it could, but it also could be to take, to take position, to take credit when someone else has done the work could be a temptation for us to take revenge, that, that someone has treated us in a certain way or we perceive a slight, and so I'm going to take something back that I believe is mine. It could be a temptation to, to legitimately gratify our lust, that, that someone else has a partner, and I'm jealous of that, and I want that person, I want, I want to satisfy myself physically with them. Those are all things that we're tempted to. But notice what Solomon writes here. He says, look, all of that, and, and we get it, right? And he's going to point this out. All of that's a trap. And you know it's a trap. Look at what verse 17. In vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. He says, look, these things are clearly traps. They're clearly traps. We know. We know that if we walk into them, if we go down those paths, it's only a matter of time before it, it all goes wrong for us. We know that it's only a matter of time until the net, the, the trap is sprung and the net scoops us up. We know it. He also says this. There's a little, little bit more here. When it's all said and done, the very things that we're after become the, the instruments of our undoing, of our ruin. The, 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 the greed that led us down this path, becomes the very thing that winds up destroying our soul. In a spiritual sense, yes, like that's, that's the reality. We know that it's, it's our sin. Now, now, Jesus has paid for our sin, and we'll say more about that in just a minute, but like we know, though, that I'm guilty. Like I, I know that I have willingly walked into these traps. That I, I know that, that these things that I do are wrong, but I walk into them anyway. I try to get more for me. I try to tra- take someone else's credit. I try to exact revenge. I do all those things. I'm dishonest about, about, about the reality of my circumstance situation so that people will feel, you know, a certain way about me. I, yeah. And I know in a spiritual sense that those things are, are, are sinful and they're corrupting. 
But Solomon's even talking about practical matters. He's talking about the practical ways that we, that we rush into trouble. Let me just illustrate with, with consumption, right? With consumption. We know, we know, like this, we've been warned that just boundless consumption, just going and getting and taking, it's, it's not good for me, right? It's not good for me. But our world screams, right? Our world screams, I've got to have a new whatever, right? Phone, car, bigger house. My shoes aren't cool enough or whatever they aren't enough. I've got to have more and new, right? And so we, we, can, we get caught in these cycles of more and new and consume and consume and the next thing and the thing beyond that and the thing I'm going to need tomorrow that I didn't even know was a thing today. We get impatient. And so we, we wind up, like amongst us, we wind up in debt, right? It's just not a practical matter. I know it's a problem. I know it's a trap. But we wind up with debt and we wind up paying for years on things that we didn't even need in the first place. And this digs into our, our the, the, remember the good life, the things that we thought we were after, like, like the, the, the security we thought we wanted, we, we wind up sacrificing that so we can have the latest greatest. Or our generosity gets taken. We, 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 now we're prompted to give, to be generous, to share, to, except I'm strapped. I can't because I've got payments on this and payments on that. And I'm, trying, I'm supposed to be saving for like my retirement so my kids don't have to support me when they're strapped with their own consumptive debt, right? Like, like we think about the, we, like we know it's a trap and yet we just keep going. We just keep going. Maybe even convinced that it's good. It's good that we spend. Man, we gotta go. Okay, all right. So you could say this, okay? You could say, we're going to say an awful lot of things about wisdom in this series. And I'm going to warn you, there is, if we tried to put together one definition for what wisdom is, two minutes later we would find another verse that would say, well, we need to add this to it, okay? But in this place, one of the first things we pick up about wisdom is this, that wisdom is seeing far enough in advance to avoid predictable trouble. It's seeing far enough in advance to avoid predictable trouble. It's, it's recognizing that my world is enticing me into traps and avoiding those traps, uh, in another passage of the wisdom literature, probably Solomon, but, but, but it doesn't matter. The author of Ecclesiastes says in, in Ecclesiastes 2.13, he says, I saw there is more to gain from wisdom than folly. That sounds good, right? Wisdom's better than foolishness. As there is more to gain in light than in darkness, okay? Also kind of the truth, right? Like we do our work at day and we do our rest at night because it's more productive. Verse 14, the wise person, he says, has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Get this? The wise person can look and see what's out there and move forward. The foolish person just is like groping at whatever is within their reach. That's what they've got. Okay? All right, keep rolling. And I'm going to need to make an abrupt move here because we're going to look at the rest of the chapter. Okay? The rest of the chapter. And I want to make a connection. Okay? I want to make a connection for you as we look at the rest of this chapter. Because as we look at at the rest of Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to connect something I think that's really critical. And to connect it, we need to, to actually start in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul the apostle makes a connection. Look what he says. He says, because of, him, you are in, because, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. What's true about Jesus? Jesus became to us, to, 
He became wisdom from God. So we want to see wisdom, we look at Jesus. He says righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in, boast in the Lord. But the, the, the point we want to make here is this, okay? It can be very easy for us, well, I'm going to get back to, we're back to this idea of we don't want to separate what we see in the book of Proverbs from, from the totality, the wholeness of God's revelation. The fullness, the full wisdom of God's revelation is in Jesus. But that also works in reverse. It means when we look at what God has told us is wise, we're going to see things that are true in the character of Jesus and God's full unfolding revelation. You with me? Okay, you with me? All right. So when we, when we see the rest of Proverbs chapter 1, notice that if, if, if this is the case, if this is the case, and look at the words that are used, because this is fascinating as well. He says, Christ Jesus, who became wisdom to God from us, righteousness. Now, wisdom and righteousness are two words from the beginning of Proverbs chapter 1, and they're put side by side with two New Testament words, right? Sanctification, or the holiness of God that's being developed in us, and, and redemption, the, ex, the exchange of our sin for God's righteousness. So there's nothing, even, and the point being, even if, that, that last portion, even if we live perfectly, perfectly, we live out what, what Proverbs tells us is wise, it's still not us. It's God through us, okay? That's how, that's how the, the fulfillment, the finishing word on God's wisdom plays out in Jesus Christ. So let's look at what it says. Proverbs chapter 1, it says this, wisdom Cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Look, wisdom is everywhere. The, 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 the truth, the message is out there. Okay? It's clear. We could say, if you're sitting here today, I want to be clear to you. Christ is real. Christ is everywhere. His goodness and message, it calls out to us. You with me? It says this, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love, simple, love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing or mockers and their mocking and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof or my correction, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Look, it says, how long will we continue to live in these ways that are wrong? How long will we continue to live in foolishness? If we would turn, if we turn, if we turn to the correction of God, he pours out his spirit. You get this? He pours out his spirit. And it all starts to make sense. That I'll make my words known. Like, it all comes together when we say no to all the enticement of the world and we say yes to God and his wisdom. So keep reading with me. He says, because I have called you, because I have called and you refuse to listen. Now there's a, a contrasting thought. I've stretched out my hand and no one is heeded because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof or my correction. Okay? None of my reproof or correction. Now, I want to follow this pattern. Okay? Here's, so here's where this starts. And, and we're going to look at, I want, with our time left, I want to look at this as, yes, it's to do with wisdom, but think about this in light of our spiritual life. We don't, we, like, he's warning us, don't take the wrong path. Okay? Don't t there's, there's a path for you to choose in life. And he's saying, look, God's path is laid out in front of you. Okay, it's laid out in front of you. And I've tried to like correct you and say you're on the wrong path. 
like, let's go this way. But you don't listen. You don't listen. I've warned you about these things, but you don't listen. He's saying, don't take the wrong path. Keep reading with me. He says, also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Okay, poetic, poetic language. Okay, I don't think Jesus is mocking us. But Solomon's writing here and he's saying this truth, right? Your demise isn't going to be interrupted by the hand of God. Like when we ignore God... He's not going to step in and force himself on us in ways and say, no, 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 like we might do with a, a young, young child, right? No, 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 Pff, get over here. No, 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 here's the, here's the barrier, right? I had to, um, do I have time? I don't have time. I have time, okay. So I, I, I work in a place where directions are, anyway, on a regular basis, people pull into the parking lot where I work and they're like, I'm in the wrong place. Like, it happens weekly, at least, okay? And it happened this week, and it was fascinating, right? Because, because 10 years ago, on, I mean, and certainly 15 years ago, people would pull in. We literally had a box outside our office that had cards with maps and directions. Like, you're in the wrong place. Here's where you're going, because it happened so often. It happens less now because, you know, technology, right? But someone pulled in, and they were driving, like, a 1978 Ford pickup truck, and they pulled up, and they said, is this the Social Security office? And I said, nope. Actually, actually that's, not, I, that's a little wrong. That's not exactly what they said. They said, is this still the Social Security office? No, this has been a church slash school forever. I, 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 can, I know where the Social Security office is. I can point you to it. Okay? But then I said what I think most people in 2022 would say, do you have your phone? And he looked at me, he looked at me like I had come up from the grave to, like, haunt him. Uh, no, I don't have a phone. Oh, no, it went downhill from there, right? Because it's like, go, okay, go here and turn right. And then you go to the roundabout, and you're going to take a left, and the, the second one, like, it was a mess, right? I did my best. And I, but, but along the way, what did I try to do, right? I tried to say, Try to say, boy, a phone would really help. Um, but, I, but I try to say, like, look, don't make the wrong, if you make the wrong turn there, you're going to wind up, like, going the opposite direction. And you're not going to find the Social Security office. Now, follow me. I'm not God. I'm not that wise. But similarly, what's happening here in Proverbs 1 is that wisdom, we say God is saying to us, I'm trying to point you in the right direction. Don't go the wrong way. But once you move and go that way, I'm not going to like grab your steering wheel and yank it back the right direction and send you where you need to go. This is true in our life, and we know it, right? God, is, God has sent every wrong decision that I have made. God has sent people in my way to warn me about it beforehand. He sent influence into my life to try and nudge me around even while I was making it. And every time it was me. <laughs> keep, keep reading. Then, he says, then, the calamity comes, right? Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They'll seek me diligently, but will not find me. Get this, right? We realize it when it's too late. We make the mess and then go like, God, why didn't you stop this from happening? It's, that's what we usually do. We gotta keep going. 
He says, because they hated knowledge. They didn't choose the fear of the Lord. Look, this is the deal. We value the wrong things. We've got a set of values. They're not his all the time. We make these wrong decisions because we've, we've valued certain things in our life. He says, they would have none of my counsel. They despised my, my correction, my reproof. Again, we ignored these warnings. He put the signs up. He tried to say, here's the, the best way to do it. We ignored the warnings. He says, therefore, they're going to eat the fruit of their way. They're going to eat the fruit of their way and have, the, have their fill of their own devices, their own choices. We get the end that we choose, right? We get the end that we choose. We grow garbage in our life and then complain that all we have to eat is a garbage sandwich. It's, this is me. I'm, I'm hearing myself in this. Uh-oh. Go back there. Okay. He says, for the simple, <clears throat> the simple are killed by their own turning away and the complacency of fools destroy them. Look, it's no one else's fault. It's no one else's fault. You see this? This, this list... It describes, I would say, it practically describes much of my life. I want, I want wholeheartedly to just be a victim. I want it to be everyone else's fault that I went the wrong way and did the wrong thing and I wound up in the mess that I made. I want it to be the case. But if I'm honest, if I'm honest, now this is not to say, and please hear me say this, again with Proverbs, again, as a device, it's talking to the, the, the large majority. There are cases where we have been victimized, and I don't mean to diminish that for any of us. I think the problem that we have, that I know is in my soul, is that if it's possible that it happens at all, I want it to be the case every time I made a mess. I always want it to be someone else's fault. I always want to point at someone, someone who gave me bad directions, who led me astray. But the reality is most of the time, almost every time, it's just me. It was my stubbornness, my foolishness. I wasn't willing to listen to, to the, the Lord and the people that he put in my life. There's a big but here, though. The Bible's got lots of big buts, and this is one of them. 133, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure will be at ease without dread of disaster. What's a good life? What's a good life? A life that's with security? A life at ease? I love that last phrase, right? Without the dread of disaster. You have that just that constant sense of doom. <laughs> Usually it's because pretty soon someone's going to find out that dumb thing I did. Pretty soon all the, the, the structures I built in my life that aren't firm are going to come crashing down. What Solomon says here in chapter one, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. And the key is, you see the key word? Listen. Listen. We have a choice about who we listen to. We have a choice about, about who guides us. Who doesn't want a better life, right? I mean, we, we all do. We all want a better life. Our church is named Life Community Church. We're about this. 
We believe in it. We exist to bring people into growing, meaningful relationships with Jesus and others. This, this is, a, it is a better life with God. Like the life that submits to what God has put in front of us is the better life. He made us. He's provided a way for us to know him fully, to walk with him. Proverbs calls it wisdom. We could just as easily call it faith, right? It is the message of good news. Our sin makes a mess of life. God's faith in God and his ways brings it back to order so that we don't have to live with dread. We have security in him. And we can choose to listen because the the good life with God begins with those who listen. So we're going to spend time, and I'm going I'm to ask you to spend time in this book of Proverbs. It's going to guide us. It's going to give us uh, the opportunity to listen, to hear what God has to say about our lives and how, they're, ha- how they have meaning with him and how they can just, in some practical ways, be better lives because of faith in him. I'm going to call the band down. We're going to sing and we're going to take communion one more time, but I'm going to pray as they come down. God, um, I thank you for your, I I thank you for all, for the the signs, the warning signs that you've put up um, to, to try and guide us, to try and help us know when and where and how to walk. And God, I confess that I just ignore those signs a lot and I think that I've got it a better idea but God we ask we want to we be people who, <clears throat> who walk with you who, who go where you've led us and so we ask that you would help us you would help us to, uh, to listen um, that you'd, you'd push us where again where, where we have um, we've ignored you and Spirit, we ask for your, your conviction on us, for your, 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 your light to shine in, in the places of our life where we're choosing darkness rather than sight. And we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be together. We thank you for, um, for the one another that you, you use as, um, as your voice to, to show us your way. And um, we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.